Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers to 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey guys, it's Riley here. If you like my show, you are going to love the Natalie Eva Marie show on Podcast One. The former WWE and Total Diva star, along with husband Jonathan Coyle, team up to deliver one-of-a-kind opinions not heard on any other podcast. With a rotating guest list including celebrities, influencers, and activists, get ready to be informed, intrigued, and entertained. Check out the Natalie Eva Marie Show every Wednesday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 Stay little Chico, Pit Boom, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, Mark Sidious, uh, I don't usually comment on rumors. Okay, But there's a, there's a new rumor out there. This is Star Wars, so we're going to have to talk about this, that J.J. Abrams is looking to retcon Ray's parents, and that there is alleged, okay. allegedly, uh, some production artwork mm-hmm. that shows Ray seeing two beings of light mm-hmm. and they are supposing that it's her parents and that she's on some jungle planet. She's got her blue lightsaber lit up. So she would have to have a new lightsaber. Obviously she lost it in last Jedi and they're supposing 
that the, and this is a rumor. Okay. Total rumor. I know nothing. I read this. Was sourced where? Uh, the Daily Express. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That that tells you everything right there. Yeah. What would you just just for shits and giggles? Yeah. What would you what would you think if uh, Ray's parents were let's uh, at best retconned? Yeah. So to look, be somebody of importance. So I actually love that. Okay. Okay. Because I've always said this on the show, the Star Wars saga films are the saga of the Skywalkers. Correct. And we have half a saga right mm-hmm. now with Ben Solo, and it's not a terrible story. I, for me, it's the, by far the most interesting story in the new films is yep. the saga or the half a saga of Ben Solo Skywalker. I've decided he's my favorite thing about the new trilogy. Yeah, he's a yep. very compelling character. There's, yep. He's a, also an incredible actor. Adam Driver's the best. Yeah, Adam Driver's great. Adam Driver's great. Now, would I see some balance to the Force if Ray's parents were somehow also connected to the Skywalker saga? Even if it was tangentially, sure. but that somehow it contextualized how this saga is all coming together? Because you know, people say, oh, well, it, it, we don't have to only make it about the Skywalker's. Well, then now you're talking about a different set of films. Now you're mm-hmm. talking about extended universe stuff. Now you're talking about Star Wars stories, anthology stuff. If you, if, if you have a number next to your name in the Star Wars saga, you have a responsibility to this odyssey of mm-hmm. the Skywalkers. That's my personal belief. And look, I think J.J. Abrams is a guy with a lot of pride. Yeah. Um, I think he's a very talented guy. Yep. I think that he took it on the nose a little bit uh, with Force Awakens because no matter how cool The Force Awakens is, ultimately it's a film that's regarded as a copycat. Like it doesn't matter. Essentially a remake of yeah. New Hope. Like that's the – Which that's, I disagree with. Yeah. I, I totally do. A lot of people do. Yeah. I personally see why people say that, right? It's like what happens when when – when rhyming becomes copying, right? I think that right. We we've talked about this: the rhyming and the echoes found yeah. in the Star Wars universe, which is where I go. I was about to say that when you you beat me to it. Uh, okay, I can I can understand that. For me, um, I I don't I wouldn't call it retconning as much as I would call it Kylo Ren lying to Rey, which is consistent yeah, with his yeah. character. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a retconning because I never believed Kylo Ren. I, I thought Kylo Ren was trying to manipulate her. To, right? Exactly. To to ways of thinking about it. One, that he's right on the money. But here's the thing. He said, you know. And she says they were nobody. So she says it. She like yeah. buries deep. Yeah. Buried, buried deep down there, she knew. You know that, do and, you? Yeah. And she pulls it out and he goes, filthy yeah, they're filthy drunk, uh, junk traders. Filthy junk traders. They sold you for drinking money. Yeah. So <laughs> that could be, it could be you true. You teach her. Yes. I could teach you the ways of the force. How many times has a <laughs> Sith or a dark side guy you know, thrown lies at them or and or that's, that's what the devil does. That's what the devil does. And or try to <clears throat> excuse me, manipulate yeah. to bring them into their folds to take over the, the galaxy yeah. together. All right, so look, let's do it. Let's have this battle. Let's have this battle. Let's have this battle. Here we go and welcome to Rule of Two Episode Nine. Episode nine. Wow, we're past the saga films. We're past the yep. It's episode nine of Rule of Two, and this is the. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's yeah. the it's the official Rule of Two podcast on the Jedi Council Podcast One feed. I am your host 
Darth Rylas, a.k.a. Mark Yodi Riley, joined as always by Darth – no, Mark Sidious. I always do this. I want to say Darth. It's all good. Mark Sidious. Mark Fernandez, how are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited um, about – look, again, just to be completely transparent with the audience because you know I think we have built a a a, a kind of um, a cult of sorts, right? A, yeah. a, a sect – an audience that's like you know interested in our takes, yeah, and interested in listening to us how we take um, the bedrock of Star Wars and go off on tangents that are relevant to our everyday existence and have l- good conversations with that stuff, yeah. And you know, I've been seeing the reaction on Twitter, uh, getting great ideas, and so I'm very appreciative of that. And look, today's a very busy day here at the studio. Let's just call it what it is. It's a very busy day at the studio. We and, we are recording late. Uh, that's going to happen from time to time. Yeah, we are going to be fluid in this because sometimes we have to be. Yeah, and uh, it's okay. But 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 can I can I just go off on a little quick tangent and we can have this it. quick discussion? Yeah. Uh, based on the cold open, which is, you know, when I first saw the Force Awakens. Um, my favorite thing about The Force Awakens was all of the sort of mystery box conjecture that followed up after it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that – and look, um, there's no secret amongst my friends. One of my favorite shows of all time, definitely in the top five, is Lost. Mm, you know? I love Lost. Yeah. yeah and, I'm and, with you. And for me, Lost was so fun because – the open-ended nature of the of the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Like what's inside the box nature of the narrative. Or what's inside the hatch. Or what's inside the hatch, there exactly. Uh, inspired great conversation and dialogue with my friends. Yeah. So the fun wasn't just soaking in an experience and walking out 100% satisfied. The fun was soaking in an experience and walking out 100% intrigued. Right? Yeah. And then being able to share that with your friends and come up with conjectures and stuff like that. So anyway. Well, what I love about Lost, to your point, is that when they would finally maybe answer something, right. it would come with more questions. Of course. And so right when you get in the hatch, so you like they find the hatch, what the hell? Then you get the numbers. Right. Then you get more intrigue. Then you get this, what, there's a wheel under the island? There's people already there? It's like I – yeah. I want to revisit Lost. And, and like, look, I love Lost. And and if you look at Star Wars episodes one through six, um, they're a pretty consistent A to B, B to C, C to D type of narrative. Right. There, there is not a ton of conjecture, open-ended questions. There isn't a ton of that in in episodes one through six, You know, in no. my opinion anyway. No. I would say after episode five, there was a lot of questions because of what Darth Vader – Right, right, for Luke. Right. So yeah, you have that's more of a cliffhanger. Correct. It's a cliffhanger. Totally agree with you there. It's not creating open-ended plot points that have no clear-cut resolution right. that are very interesting but that leave you asking questions, right? That's right. what Lost did. And to me, that was the best thing that The Force Awakens did. Mm. Um, yes, narratively, beat for beat, there are a lot of similarities to the original uh, Star Wars film. I understand it, right? Like the whole thesis that we've talked about this on the show before was to try to bring back the original audience, you know? Right. Um, so it was, you know, had a lot of that nostalgic feel to it. Yeah, they wanted the, the Star Wars fans to realize it's really a continuation from the original trilogy. There's not a lot of prequel references. Right. Um, or, But I would argue that Ryan Johnson added that in The Last Jedi. 
you know, sure. finally he got Ben Solo or Kylo Ren walking in with the First Order. Yeah, there was some visual cues and there, stuff like that. An echo. Yeah. I but I also think that, um, you know, The Force Awakens was hamstrung by things that George Lucas wouldn't allow himself to be hamstrung by. But in, in, in any case, let's leave all that aside. Let's talk about one of the most interesting mysteries that The Force Awakens laid out. And here at Collider for a year and a half or two years or however long the interval was, this we were talking about this almost every day. Right? We, we, we even did a funny little video on Awesome Tacular about like Ray's parentage. I think yep. you worked on that. Oh, yeah, I wrote it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was definitely like food for thought, right? Yeah. So let's just take a little bit here and talk about what – forget Last Jedi. Forget that whole scene with Kylo. Um, what I think are – you know, raise parents, and then yeah. maybe you can say what you think. You know, raise parents are from your perspective. I right? will. Okay. So, for me, in the Force Awakens, I found it a little too convenient that the second that Ray leaves the orbit of Jakku, she is immediately captured under the tractor beam of a ship that conveniently seems to be captained by none other than the great Han Solo. Okay. Right. Picked up the uh, homing beacon on the uh, Millennium Falcon is why they found him. Right, right. So um, – but still, we're talking about space, right? And like sure. you can assume that they were running towards this ship, this hunk of junk, and they turn on the ship. It turns on the homing beacon. So we're, are, are, are we to assume that wherever Han Solo was in the galaxy heard the homing beacon and automatically went to the ship? Could be. Okay. We can, I could make that work in my head cannon. In my theory, at least this is the impression that I got from it, right? Okay. And a lot of it came from Han Solo's questions of her or, you know, you know, even Maz Kanata, who is this girl? Mm-hmm. Like that he – that she somehow knew that Han knew more than he was letting on to, that he was so close to her. I always felt that Han Solo, you know, I have a job for you. It doesn't pay very much, mm-hmm. you know, but that – you know that he had this deep love for her mm-hmm. that came from somewhere else other than the fact that he randomly happened to run into her um, on his ship. I've always thought that Han Solo either um, is her uncle or, or you know uncle-in-law is her dad. Um, Han Solo knew her somehow. Like I'm not sure what the direct lineage is between her and Han. But Han definitely, like I felt Han knew her. You know, yeah. like 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 to me that was one of the more interesting interactions in the film. Am I crazy for thinking that? No, you're not, because I'm 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 going to a moment in the Force Awakens when they get to Tokadana, and their their Millennium Falcon comes out of space hyperspace, and they're coming in to Maz's castle, and Ray says something along I've the lines of, "I've never seen such green or something." Yes, and Han gives her this look. And I – watching Force Awakens for the very first time, I went, that's – that look. Yeah. That that look right there is something that either he feels bad because I dropped my kid off on Jakku to save her, to protect her. Yeah. Here's where I'm going with this. Yeah. Ben Solo falls to the dark side and, is, and wipes out the Jedi Council or the new burgeoning Jedi that Luke Skywalker is training. And they take Ray, who is little, so younger than so younger, younger than Ben than, Solo, younger than Ben, takes Ray, and they take her to Jakku to hide her there, just like Luke on Tatooine. Yeah, and it's an echo. 
Yeah. Okay. I could see that working. That makes sense to me. And that it's – but then Leia – Leia's a little hard to pin down right, because Leia Leia's, does seem like she has no connection to her. Correct. So it's hard, but hard to surmise. Like, may what, the force, like the force, is with you. Or well, she says, "May the force be with you." Right, right, right. So but that's like saying aloha. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a perfect way to put it. Yeah. What's the aloha in the Star Wars galaxy? Well, may the force be with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, it's it, it's hard. I don't. It's interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see JJ wrap this up because I think JJ was setting something up. And I think I think, yeah. Too, I'm so glad. Jay, look, I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest Force Awakens fan. Right. I like the Force Awakens a lot more than I like the Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, I think the Force Awakens is beautifully photographed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this one scene in the Force Awakens where they use um, a day for night technique that like takes me back to the 80s because it's like perfectly replicating 80s day for night technology, and it's. Um, and I'm not even sure how much of it was in post or whatever, but the the outcome was perfect. And it's the scene where the music is perfect, but BB-8 had just escaped the fight. Mm-hmm. And BB-8 is sort of traversing the desert at mm-hmm. night. Oh, and he looks back and he sees the explosion of Poe Dameron's X-Wing. Right, but after that, and he goes, mm, and he yeah. like keeps going over the hill. And that thing and pops that, out. And that little thing pops up and looks around. Yeah. That to me, that one little scene, okay, just a random little scene in the film. When I first saw the movie, I was like, "Man, this is perfectly capturing the 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 original trilogy yeah. aesthetic. Like, perfectly, uncannily capturing it. And it's not even that important of a scene, right? It's night shot, BB-8, a little alien pops up. Do you know J.J. Uh, Abrams was in post, and that little creature pops up? Practical. It was completely practical yeah, effect. Practical, yeah. And one of the editor i don't know who it was editor special effects somebody looks at jj and goes you know i can fix that you know i can make it look really good by i'll cg around it and jj's like no yeah. no 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 i want it exactly like that because it feels star wars yeah. and that's because the practical when it pops up it's it's kind of clunky yeah. Whatever it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously a guy with a, with a little hand or yeah. whatever maybe it was a puppet maybe it was a stick with a like a head on it who right. knows right but I that's where I love JJ. That's that's why I love JJ so much and why I think I'm very excited as well to have him come back. I'm very excited because look, I also think that JJ had I can't believe that JJ um didn't have a plan. Yeah, I it's hard to buy. I it everything is seeming like there's no plan, but at the same point yeah. other times I'm like there is a plan because look, again, this is and like for me, the Force Awakens um, did some really cool stuff as well. Like, I I was really intrigued by Snoke. You know, I was really intrigued by Snoke, and really intrigued to learn a lot more about him, mm-hmm. a lot more about him. Because there's that one throwaway line in the film, and I know you and I have talked about this before. And it's like it's not your fault. Like Leia telling Han, like we couldn't have done anything about it. Like Snoke got to him. Yeah. So she's obviously aware of who Snoke is, and it's not some phantom sitting on a dreadnought ship somewhere. There must have been some other interaction or something else that happened that made her more keenly aware of Snoke. Yeah. You know, like the way that they described the backstory in The Force Awakens to me didn't match up with the flashbacks of The Last Jedi. And and so I don't know exactly because I, I recall – Colin Trevorrow uh, was doing episode nine. Right. Uh, 
Mark Hamill, which was the lead of our, our of our show, even though we haven't talked about it once. But we'll Mark get Hamm- there. Yeah, Mark <laughs> Hamill loved loved you know Trevorrow's take from what I've heard. Yeah, and so did Daisy Ridley. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That one I didn't hear. What did yeah, she say? Uh, when uh, Moynihan, Bobby Moynihan was on Jedi Council last year, um, there was a SNL thing happening. And um, apparently Trevorrow brought Daisy over and said, this is what I would do for your parents. So mm. it kind of comes back around. And apparently she just loved it, cried or something like that. Yeah. Now, I here's my thing with episode nine. I have this gut feeling I could – could be wrong. I had a gut feeling sitting in the premiere of Solo saying it was going to be a great movie. And, yeah, you yeah know, me too. It, it disappointed me, but yeah. that's – we did that last week. Um, but I, I have this feeling that we're all going to win. The people that didn't like The Last Jedi will have a newfound appreciation after episode nine mm. because I think J.J. is going to come in with Chris Terrio, who is a fantastic writer. Do not look bad on him for BVS and Justice League. Which he did write as well. That was more of a committee over there at Warner yeah. Brothers. I kind of like BVS. I'll be honest with you. I, I really like BVS. Yeah. I'm I, like I really guilty. Do. I'm I'm the I'm the guy. I it like was BVS. Just yeah. on a, like yeah. two nights ago it was on. Yeah, I uh, like the extended version better. Me too. But I actually like the the original one too. I I'm one I, of the few people I like. I, I do. Like BVS. I do too. You can if you want my thoughts on this. There's a Riley roundtable with John Roca where we debate Justice League versus BVS. Oh, okay, nice, and nice. because I I I think BVS is a is a damn fine yeah, movie. I thought Justice League was a joke. Justice League was awful. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Was, anyways, um, I I have this feeling that JJ is going to be aware of. He set up Force Awakens because I give I give JJ a little grief because. Uh, only in defense of Ryan Johnson because J.J. Abrams was the one that said, Luke left. Uh, here you go. Yeah. Figure which, it out. I didn't like that choice at all. But yes, you're right. That was – yeah. So Ryan did what he had to do. He went, well, why would Luke be on a, on an island and remove himself from the situation? Yeah, such a bad way to deal with the saga. I mean I know we've talked about this to death, but like – I still like it and I know we've talked about – Where's the producer? No, no, no. Not the choice. I'm not talking about the choice. The choice oh. is the choice. I'm talking about the executive producer decision mm. to like steward this – the most important film franchise in the history of humanity to not have a rule book or um, a playbook that said this was episode eight at seven, this is episode eight, and this is episode nine. You yeah. can make certain moves within this, but this is what has to happen. Yeah. Like, uh, you you're, know, you're you, basically the through line. Yeah. ABC. Like, it boggles my mind. There has it, to be more yeah. to the story that we don't know. That's what. That's where I'm going because it can't be as simple as that. Yeah, it can't it, be like here's episode eight, go have fun. It yeah, can't be that. It, it, I, I'm sorry, not with a Disney produced. No way. No way. Not with the most giant important, yeah. saga. To to your point, the most important saga, the most important kind of film franchise in, in humanity. I totally agree, but that's not yeah. hyperbole either. No, and, and Th- without a is, doubt, it is. It, it's it, not even close. You look at the. I mean, look at the reactions for the Last Jedi. I mean, we're probably getting yelled at right now just for mentioning those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People really despise that it's, film. Some people despise it and some people love it, yeah. like absolutely love it like me and, and like yeah. I don't believe that there is – And for the record, I do not despise it. I don't hate it. No, no. You, you know, it's you, Star like, Wars. Yeah. Again, and I and I see people you know, when there's discussions to be had for this, I do not look at your thoughts of The Last Jedi as negative, overly negative, bashing. Yeah. I look at them as complete 
and total opinion. Yeah, critiques. They're critiques. critiques. Subjective. Yeah. You you use your facts. This is why we can sit here and have a discussion about the Last Jedi yeah. and have it not, you know, devolve into you're a stupid poo poo head. You know, right. and right. that's <laughs> believe me, yeah. people are not calling you stupid poo poo head. Right. On Twitter, when you're talking about Jedi, is a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> right, right. I bring that up for a PG show, but um, yeah, I, I feel like there is, there should be a plan. I just don't see, it. and and I know Kathleen Kennedy gets a lot of grief here. Yeah, but Kathleen Kennedy, she's been quiet recently, huh? I mean, I think she she's in the middle of episode nine. Right. Of course, she's quiet. Yeah. She's she's. I'm sorry. Her, yeah. The best one of the best producers of our time. Well, without a doubt, ET. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. You can't like, – I've told you this before. You can't tell the story of Hollywood without telling the story of Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. So to give her shit, it's like it's misplaced, folks. Bob Iger came out the other day and said, my bad. Shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have put uh, Solo out when I yeah, did. Yeah, oh, you were right. Remember we talked about that on the show. So we were right twice. Yeah. We got a lot of slack here at Collider because we broke a story, which is – Completely sourced. Oh God, um, I know that that the production was was slowing down. Everybody... Slowing down, kind of pause, and, and it yeah. wasn't stopped because I remember the sourcing at one point was like canceled, and then more digging, more sourcing, due diligence. Yeah, on hold right now. Right, we're, and we're then looking. Bob Iger comes out. We got a ton of slack for it. you guys shouldn't oh. be printing that and this and that and the other thing. Yeah, and Bob Iger comes out and finally says it publicly. So yeah, says so we we jumped the gun there. We shouldn't have put it out so soon after the Last Jedi. We need yeah. to. We're we're, we're going to take a little pause here. Yeah, we were we were right, and yeah. so he he made the credit. Everybody's blaming Kathleen Kennedy, and Bob Iger is the one that said. Listen, this is what I think is best for for the movie studio known as Disney. Yeah, that happened. But yeah, so like so okay, so going back to the point which I think is fascinating. Um I want to hear your uh Ray's parents theory. So again, my Ray parent theory, I don't have a clear-cut one, but I know like at least through exposition in The Force Awakens, I was very clearly told that Han Solo has a deeper connection to Rey than the film was letting on. And that, that was the subtext of the movie. It's as clear as day to your point in that scene of I've never seen so much green where he looks over at her and like feels the pain. The fact that they just happen to be right there at the planet to like pick her up uh, to the fact that he wants her to not leave his side and come work with him to the fact that – um, Maz Kanata says, who is that girl? Mm-hmm. You know, like no, Maz Kanata is no fool. She knows that Han knows her. Yeah. And Maz Kanata was making some very uh, kind of general and also metaphorical kind of statements. It's like you're looking back. You need to be looking forward kind of thing. Paraphrasing, of course. Right. That could still work. Like in character development, I could see Maz being like, you need to like, that doesn't matter. Even if your father is maybe Han Solo, maybe it's revealed later. Don't you don't as a character? Don't you want to just stand in your own two feet, learn to be? I don't care. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to be the best Jedi I can be. I'm going to be the strongest Ray there is. Boom! And then she finds out. Yeah, I mean, the, it, I it thought, could be. I thought the Last Jedi was going to be the greatest movie I, I, I'd ever seen because I was so convinced, and I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but I was so convinced that what was going to happen was that Kylo 
was going to turn back to the light and that Ray was going to be seduced to the dark. Yeah. And um and that and like that 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 Luke was going to train her and in this training she would be seduced to the dark, which they kind of teased in the movie. They teased it. Yeah. You know, um kind of like almost uh, god I almost use a bad word. They're almost messed with us about it, like mm-hmm. in, like kind of in an unfair way, in my opinion. Um, and then the film was going to be about you know Kylo trying to bring Ray back to redemption, or Ray and like Snoke, and like that. It was going to be this beautiful opera, and you were going to realize that in fact, you know, history did repeat itself in a different way, mm. but that but that Han and Ray were in fact. Um, you know the grandchildren of oh, Anakin. Ben and Ray. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Ben and Ray were the grandchildren of Anakin Skywalker, and and that you know Luke was somehow not directly parenting them, but teaching both taught both of them and failed at both of them, and gave him like you know I don't know th- that's where I thought it was going. Here, okay, I'm going to tell you my theory right yeah, now, yeah. and I think it could absolutely happen while not retconning what Kylo Ren said, and it makes perfect sense. Yep. And I've said it on here before. Ray was created by the Force just like Anakin. Okay, that's deep. Yeah, and that Luke or maybe Leia knew about this, but it's a little it's 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 tough to get Luke. To know this because of what we saw in The Last Jedi. He doesn't let on, at least. Maybe that's where Obi-Wan comes in. Force yeah. Ghost Obi-Wan. Maybe Yoda shows up again. Yeah, Luke's character, who are you? It, 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 he really doesn't know who she is. Here's the thing. Luke could step into a, another world. He more powerful than you can possibly imagine. He's now in that plane where Yoda is, where Obi-Wan is. Maybe Qui-Gon. Oh, wouldn't it be great if Qui-Gon shows up in Episode Nine? Yeah, I do. I, I, I would lose my mind. I love Liam Neeson. He's the best. Yeah. Uh, but what if, because Yoda appears to Luke and says failure is, is one of the true signs of a master. Mm. You know, you have to have the failure. Sure. All that kind of stuff. But what does Yoda do? He does that thing with his finger and freaking lightning comes out of the sky and burns the Jedi tree down. Mm-hmm. He's become more powerful than – Anybody could possibly imagine. Yoda has. Okay. Wouldn't that also, assuming that that comes with knowledge, that that comes with an un- a new understanding, some more secrets of the Force, mm. I don't see why Luke couldn't join his masters in that new whatever it is and learn who's Ray's par- uh, who Ray like this Jedi are. heaven type of thing. Like a Jedi heaven? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, sure. Jedi heaven, right. another not another dimension, but they are one now with the Force is what I take it as. You yeah. could call that heaven. You could call that another dimension. Sure, sure. There's, but there is another state of consciousness that the Jedi experience post corporeal uh, existence. Correct. And you I, think this might be something that actually gets screen time in Episode Nine? Look, if we are going to be done with the Skywalker saga as we know it after nine. It seems like that was their direction. Let's that's, kill the Skywalker saga. Like let's yeah. use let's use the saga films to kill the Skywalker saga films. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean I, but I think that from a certain kill point of view, is from a certain point of view. You can I look think, at it like that. I think you can look at it that way. But I think that the rules of the Star Wars universe are still in play here, and that if you're going to end this at nine and be done with the Skywalker saga forever until Episode Ten. If D- Disney does that in 10 years, 20 years, they probably will. Maybe they will. Who knows? I think you need to go out and you need to give us some answers. And it would be great to see either an Obi-Wan, Luke, Yoda, Qui-Gon kind of thing, whether it's Force Ghost, Luke appearing to Ray and giving him – because, again, echoes. What happens in Return of the Jedi that was set up in Empire? No, there is another. Luke comes back. Obi-Wan appears and says, the other he was speaking of is your twin sister. Oh, yeah. Okay? We learned something new in that movie. Mm-hmm. It kept going. Yeah. We didn't learn anything in this one. Last Did year. we? We didn't learn anything. I mean, we learned that her, that her parents are filthy tongue traders. Sure. Or are they? We don't know. But we, did, we, we didn't get a major reveal. No, we didn't. You know, I was trying to wrap my head around something, maybe, but we got—I mean, we got a reveal in, in Force Awakens, which is that Ben Solo is Han Solo's kid. Yeah, and that happened the pretty Kylo early Ren on. Is, is Han's yeah, it happened yeah. in the first act, I believe. I—I I think it could be done. I think you could not. And the thing about Ray maybe being created so, by the Force. So okay, so yeah, going back to that. So yeah. your your theory of of Ray's parentage is created by the Force. Yep. Yeah. Given to filthy junk traders. To be taken in, to hide from Snoke. So, like Anakin. Like Anakin. And that those filthy junk traders were also drunks and ended up just literally going, well, they were the wrong people to give to. This was not Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. They were somebody else. Or, so they or could Shmi. still, or Shmi, they could still be her parents. But no, the reveal is, well, actually, you are related to Anakin Skywalker in that you are the answer to Anakin, whether that's light or dark. Now, mm. we're assuming light because it's Ray. I got to tell you, I love the idea. I love your – like him falling – or her falling to the dark side at the end of 8 would have been fantastic. Yeah, I mean it would that would have shooken a- up the, the, the Star Wars universe. I think in a lot of ways, I think it would have really shook up the Star Wars universe in a surprising way that I think a lot of fans might have liked a lot more. I, absolutely. And having Kylo come to the light and then having Kylo have that scene um, where he apologizes to his mother mm-hmm. for killing the father mm-hmm. and the mother accepts the apology – would have been one of the most powerful redemption stories shot on film, I think maybe ever. I think it could have been so friggin' powerful, and like and and her telling him as a final reveal, like, you know, you have a chance to make this okay, and he's like, how, how, yeah. how do I do it? And he's like, bring back your sister. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and, and that could have been, like you know, directed yeah. by you know, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I think you know, it's like like it's cool, it, but it's not even something like oh, I'm so creative, I made that up. I didn't make it up. It's what was set up, yeah, in the Force Awakens. Yes, like the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi do not seem like um, a prequel and a sequel. It, it, they don't have that. 
like um, serial relationship with each other. Hmm. Like I just don't see it. Like yeah. And what? I and and I do, but that's you know. I mean, only the, and... the same characters, maybe. Sure. But like, like which narrative thread, other than perhaps the, you know, um, I guess yeah, you know, you get the you know you get the whole thing about bring Luke back, and yes. that's carried over, right? To be fair, right? Here's the thing, and I the more we talk about it, the more I, I really, I I can see the similarities to Empire Strikes Back, like, sure. The cliffhanger of Vader saying I am your father to Luke is you, – you can't, you can't say no, that didn't happen. You can't do – but Empire Strikes Back, it, it, we really can't judge Empire Strikes Back until we have seen Return of the Jedi. I, I really believe that. I really mm-hmm. believe you cannot judge it because one, the obvious is the cliffhanger. You right. need to know how it resolves itself in the third movie. I think that a lot of people – again, here's my gut feeling. I think a lot of people – and this is on JJ. You got to stick that landing, JJ. I think a lot of people, if they do it right in episode nine, people are going to look back at eight and go, ah, OK. I see mm. what was being set up. And then guess what happens? Everybody wins. Right. Everybody's right. friends again in the Star Wars universe. And I look, you're absolutely right that this has to be the goal. From a creative perspective. From a create absolutely, because as much as I will defend The Last Jedi, I am looking at you, JJ, and I am looking at you, Ryan, too, because don't just do what JJ did. Yeah. Which is oh, I killed Luke off, he became one with the force. I said Ray's parents were nobodies. Yeah. And I killed Snoke. Have fun. That's no. what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Again, goes back to our original conversation, which is that that can't be the whole story. Right. There's got to be something in there. And look, I, I was I was hesitating in mentioning this, but here, to, to add to the Ray parentage mm-hmm. in the mystery. Now, you know I did meet the movie press for many years mm-hmm. over at uh, Popcorn Talk with Jeff Snyder. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of guests on there, a lot of people in the scoop game. And I'm going to keep this person and remain nameless. But they told me. Leading up to the – in The Force Awakens, we hadn't seen the movie yet. I was told by a very trusted person who's broken scoops mm-hmm. that Ray was the parent – that Ray was the daughter to Han and Leia. Yeah. I that mean, that's, that's what they heard. consistent with what I saw on screen. That's what they had heard. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I'll give you both sides here. Years later, and I do mean years. So remember when you told me this? Saw this person again. Remember when you told me this? And they go, what? what did, I, did I say that? I don't know. I do a lot of scoops. And it was right. like not real Star Wars fans, this guy. Which makes girl. Me, leads me to believe that it was a real a real thing. Could have been. So look, I mean when you look at the film, when you look at The Force Awakens, it's very, 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 very clear through exposition, right, which has to be written and directed, mm-hmm. okay, and performed, that there is a deeper connection than meets the eye between Han Solo and Rey. There is no disputing it. Yeah. There's many, 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 many scenes. How do you know how to fly this shit? Blah, blah, blah. Like, he obviously knows her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obvious. And it's probably the, the most, like, the most effective acting that Harrison Ford does in that film uh-huh. is how he relates to her. That look. Yeah, it's just that like, it's the only so, time. It broke my heart. 
it's the only time, like, you know, uh, I, you know, I obviously also like his interactions with Finn and, like, you know, hey, hey, big deal and women always know and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's got some great lines in there. Oh, it was great. With Finn. But he shines in that film with his relationship with who I thought was his daughter. I thought it was very, very obvious. I, I thought I thought it was too. And, like, I thought that this was – and I wouldn't be surprised if in the Michael R. and George Lucas script, it was very clear that you do – that, you know, it was – that the continuation of the Skywalker saga was the continuation of two Skywalkers, a brother and a sister, um, that were not the direct descendants of Luke, but that Luke trained them, but were the direct descendants of Han and Leia. Like that to me makes perfect sense yeah. as a continuation of the saga. Yeah. Now – why they veered away from that in, 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 in The Last Jedi? Because in The Force Awakens, it was all preserved. You could still have gone that route mm-hmm. at the end of The Force Awakens. And this is, I think, what made The Force Awakens so much fun to talk about is that all of our dreams, our hopes, our aspirations for the perfection of the Star Wars saga unfolding were all still intact. Yeah, They were all intact. At the end of The Last Jedi, half of them are gone. You know, like the big ones. Uh, filthy junk traders, uh, you know, um, Kylo staying bad, Ray staying good, which, you know, you can debate back and forth, which would have been the right choice, but I think it would have been interesting to flip them. Uh, and for me, the big one, Snoke getting offed. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah, I was waiting for that one too, because I know Ryan Johnson came out and said, well, you didn't know who the emperor was. And when he shows up, uh, he was mentioned in a new hope. You saw him in a hologram and empire. And then he fully formed and realized by E. McDiarmid in Return of the Jedi. But he didn't know anything else. He was just a bad guy. So I understand and agree with Ryan Johnson because the only yeah. reason the Emperor – we know anything about the Emperor yeah. is because of the prequels. Sure. I would disagree with Ryan Johnson on one thing there. Yeah. Um, sure, you don't know anything about him, quote-unquote, his past – but you absolutely get character development on him. Yes, you do. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the other side of this too, though, because of the saga, prequels, original trilogy, and now the sequels. You can't just throw Snoke out there and say just like the Emperor. It's we're way past that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's I understand. Fair. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying, the point to this is, episode nine. I'm circling it on the calendar. Yeah, I think we you all know? are, but yeah. We all are <laughs> yeah. because I think that is where you can actually get – you can get it in throwaway lines. I mean there is going to be room for exposition. We did it in Return of the Jedi. There's a big moment. I mentioned it. Obi-Wan sits down with Luke and just basically spills the beans. You know, Yes, he's your father. Yes, you got to go face him. Yes, you have a twin sister and everything wraps up right there. Right, right. And then we're on to yeah. the, the finish line. You can do it here in episode nine. Yeah. We can get a little uh, backstory. Again, check out my Luke Skywalker video on Collider Quick. Yeah. You can do all of that in a flashback, and you can learn everything about Snoke. You can see Luke kicking ass, and you can see him with his Padawan Ben Solo. I don't see why you can't do it when yeah. we have flashbacks now in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, look, I think that um, that J.J. Is taking this very seriously. Oh, he absolutely is. He's one of the biggest Star Wars fans there is. Yeah, I I, I trust him impeccably. I know that he feels the blood, in, or he can taste the blood in his mouth. Yes, you know, 
whether you like the, the, the sequels or not, forget the prequel, forget the original trilogy. They have they have a shield around them. And this is something very important for yes. all the you know, I've read comments um on our video about how dare you say anything bad about the sequels when the prequels are so bad. Um you know, first of all, it's a very, very subjective opinion. But secondly, Absolutely. secondly, the, from a certain point of view, there right, the prequels have a shield around them, right, and it's an impenetrable shield, mm. which is that these are the hand creations of George Lucas. Yeah, you know, so it's like fully because yeah, you look 100%. at the, you look at the original. Yeah, you got to credit some of that to George Lucas Kirsch. A, yeah, to even though Richard Marquand maybe all, wasn't look the first six movies. And everything up until Disney buying um, Lucasfilm is a hundred percent George Lucas. You know, he might have involved other collaborators here and there, sure. But ultimately, it's his creation. Yeah. So you can't really. It's it becomes more difficult to hate on it because it's like saying, you know, a mom and a dad have you know three kids. I love the middle child. You know, he or I'm sorry. The uh, the oldest child is a great kid, mm-hmm. and the and the other two child you know the other two children are are horrible, and I don't believe that they're from the same parents. No, the, the, these films are the first six movies are from the creator of the franchise himself. They're they're around a shield. These new ones, they have vulnerability because um, they don't have that north star mm. that's George Lucas. Yeah. You know. And you know, elements from his original outline, like he did yeah. have Luke as a hermit. No, Lucas look, did. I, and Ray sure was, th- was, I believe her name was, oh, I can't remember. I want to say yeah. Kira. I think it is Kira. And then they changed it to Q and, and, for the and solo movie. I bet movie. you that if we would ever be lucky enough to get our hands on the Michael Arndt George Lucas script, mm-hmm. that there would be stuff in there that would blow our minds like, oh, my God, I can't believe they were going to do that. That's terrible. Or, or you Well, know, that, like, that came out, you know, that he was going to go even deeper than midi-chlorians and that there was yeah. something and it was called The Wills, yeah, yeah, Journal yeah, yeah. of the Wills. Yeah. We're controlling the midi-chlorian. I bet you that's accurate. I bet you any that that's real. I, I completely believe it because we have the precedent set with the midi-chlorians and that yeah. sounds like Lucas's way of thinking. And again, I think that would have – pissed off a lot of people oh absolutely absolutely wait so you you have to have a bunch of midichlorians and now the midichlorians are being controlled by the wills yeah like what is this i think a lot of people i I would have had it i i was so upset because when i heard midichlorians i'm like wait a minute that just take away that just took away a lot of the spiritual energy behind the force right you know what i mean that it's like a lot of people look i i myself when i first heard it also i also didn't as a knee-jerk reaction i didn't love it yeah at this point, I've kind of forgotten about it. To me, the prequels are really the story. This is beautiful story of how this politician um, uses the power of the mob against itself yeah. and overtakes, you know, like plots to overthrow the entire government pretty much by himself, yeah. which is fascinating. And the story of a good kid that's easily manipulated and and turns into the worst kid. Yeah. You know, like I think that that's a very interesting story to me. And like that's what the prequels are all about for me. Yes. It that's me too. Yeah. I I love that story. Again, I've said it a million times and you know, I I I I just implore the fans out there to to really truly listen to conversation rather than taking pieces that they don't agree with. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when I say I love the story of the prequels, 
but have trouble with uh, some of the um, execution, that is a critique. It doesn't yeah. mean that I hate the prequels, and it doesn't mean I love the prequels. It means that there is a middle ground there. Right. Um, always up for debate. Always up for discussion. But yeah. That's what's fun. Yeah. So so anyway, just going back to, to you know to put a to put a button on it. Um, I do think. First of all, I like Colin Trevorrow. You know, I do too. You know, Safety I, Not Guaranteed is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, but you gotta see it. So good. I saw, look, I, I'm one of those again, kind of like my BVS thing or my prequel thing. You I like really, Jurassic World? I like Jurassic World. I do too. I thought Jurassic World was excellent. I, I do too. I didn't. Yeah. I never got the hate. I'm like, if you really want to see somebody, check. If you want to see a master class in the um, in the sort of dynamic between Han and Leia, mm-hmm. redone the dynamic between. Uh, Chris Pratt and um, Bryce Dallas and Bryce yeah. Dallas in that in that film was Han and Leia. I mean, yeah. it, it's Han and Leia throughout that whole yeah. thing. It is, you know, and it's done to perfection. There, there are certain archetypes in these kind of action adventure movies that you can get behind, and I totally agree with that. I yeah. think it was there, so and I was excited to see what he was going to do. He got fired for whatever reason. I don't even know why he got fired. To be honest with you. I mean they say creative differences. They say that he wanted to go somewhere. I've heard rumors that he wanted Luke to live, you know, and so that he would have done something more with Luke and he had his idea and then that didn't happen. And so he – I, all rumors again. Yeah. So I'd love to hear that story, man. I, I would too. I don't. That would be the documentary for the ages, huh? Yeah, it totally would. And you I know, think – Oh, dude, you know what we should call our documentary? We should do it. What? If we had sources. Yeah. I got a name for it. Oh, what is it? You want to hear it? Yes. The Lost Jedi. Ooh, that's good. The Lost Jedi. Why couldn't we get this guy here? He would have found out. Who? Schnepp. Yeah. Well, gone deep in there? Yeah, he would have gone deep in there. Fuck. I know, right? Yeah. I think maybe sooner or later. Collider, presents, Collider presents The Lost Jedi. Sooner or later, we I think we'll get a definitive book on it. The real story. The real story. It'll yeah. come years later. Yeah. It'll come after the dust has settled. I mean, it's like, look, 1975, Jaws comes out. That thing was doomed. Yeah. Doomed. Then we get the Jaws log years later. And it's like, here's everything that went wrong with this movie. Yeah. Can only Richard Dreyfus in the studio yesterday. Guys, Richard Dreyfus was in the studio. I got to talk to him for a while. And it was one of those moments for me. It was truly one of those moments he's, for me. He's a, he's a really intelligent dude. Oh, huh? he's the smartest guy. You know who I was thinking of the entire time when he was talking? Because I did, I did sit in studio for most of the interview. Yeah. Um, my dad would have loved him. Yeah. He is a he's, history buff. Yeah. He is a politics guy. He's, he's like a, he a civics guy. Civics guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, he's also spiritual in that he said something along the lines of, I don't know what my process is for a character. I really don't. All I know is it's like me walking to the closet to get a jacket and right. put it on. It's second nature. It's just second nature. And he's like, I don't know what my process is. I just know I love it. Yeah. He is one of the most phenomenal people. <laughs> when I told him, I think you were near me. I said, yeah. Jaws is one of my favorite movies all time. And he's like, I can make fun of you for hours based on that statement. Right, I'm like, right. I can die happy now. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He Matt was Hooper. absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Check it out on the channel. Yeah. It's uh, going to be up one-on-one. On one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but look, anyway, uh, to close it out, and I keep stumbling across this point, I have a lot of hope for Episode Nine. Yeah. 
I do think that even though I had a lot of hope for episode eight and I had a lot of hope for episode seven and I was disappointed in both of them, even though they're both okay to, you know, to like a certain degree. But um, I think that J.J. Abrams is going just like how Rue uh, – God, I keep calling him Rue and it's so bad. Ryan – I think I actually might have started the Ruin thing back because – like right after the premiere, I, I I was already at the dinner calling him. You know, oh was, boy! Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I would have stopped that if I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there. You were there. <laughs> no, right? I was at Solo. I wasn't at oh, Last that's Jedi. Oh, right, that's right. We yeah. weren't at Last Jedi. I was hanging out with Dennis. It was me and yeah. Zed mostly. Um, but I do think that J.J. Abrams is a man of pride. He's a man of that cares, and that he's listened to the core. What are the biggest critiques around uh, around the new Star Wars films? I think he's going to accept them. Number one um, is that you got to give us a little. You got to give us some more lightsabers. Like sooner mm-hmm. or later, you're going to have to fucking you know. Yeah. Accept the fact that Star Wars ultimately is about you know not what's that beautiful line by Count Dooku? It's not you know we're not going to determine this battle by our knowledge of the Force, but or rather our skills with a lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, like sooner or later, you're going to have to do that, okay? JJ is going to do that. Yeah, and like JJ did it to some degree in the first one. Like that oh, last yeah, it's fight, one, it's one of the best lightsaber duels, I think. I think yeah. the setting is gorgeous. The setting is great. I don't think like 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 the actual fight itself was. In, it was it brutal. Just, yeah, but I think it was by design because Ray was she was a noob. Pull, she was, she a, was noob. a noob, but she's yeah. also pulling some dark side energy in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. So, truly believe. So I think episode nine will get a little bit of that again. Yes. Okay. I think in episode nine we're going to get uh, – Kylo's going to – now that they've gone this storyline, I think Kylo has to get an apprentice, rule of two, right? Yeah. You've got to have another one. I wonder if he'll bring back the Sith. I would love the Return of the Sith. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that the name of the movie? Return of the Sith? It can't be, right? Because uh, you I got don't... Return of the Jedi, Revenge of – you had – It's a great – Revenge of the Sith, Return, Return of, of the, the Jedi, Return of the Sith. Ooh. Maybe. Could the Sith Awakens? The, 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 the thing about Return of the Sith, though, is that it almost feels like then. It's, I mean, it's Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Sith. But remember, Episode Three was called Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, Revenge of the Jedi. I have that framed. Oh, do you? In my house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was called Revenge of the Jedi. And then Lucas went, you know what? Can't Jedi don't do revenge, right? Return. Right, and then episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I remember. God, that is such a vivid memory of me. Yeah, running down my like so where I grew up, very sleepy town in Orange County, just very quiet, cul-de-sac, just houses like ET neighborhood. Yeah, and I'm running down the street, and somehow I remember hearing Revenge of the Jedi, and talking to my friends, going, "The next movie is called Revenge of the Jedi." Oh my god! And I was so excited. I just such a vivid memory. Just yeah. thought I'd share that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, look. Anyway, dude, I, I've been trying to say this for an hour, but I have a lot of high hopes for Episode Nine. Yep, me too. I do think that JJ is listening. Mm-hmm. I do think that we're going to get some lightsabers. I do think we're going to get a little bit better explanation about Ray. I do think we're going to get a much better explanation about Snoke. Yes. I do think we're going to get a much better explanation about Luke. I think JJ realizes that episode nine needs to do its best effort to wrap the the Luke Skywalker saga. Because that yes. quote that you read, remember that quote that you read? Mm. And that quote that you read very clearly said 
you know, the Skywalker saga yes. by J.J. Abrams. Yes. So that's my hope anyway. That's my hope too, and I think it's a tall order, but I think if anybody's up for the challenge, it's J.J. Abrams. He's got a good crew around him. He's got Chris Terrio as a writer. He does have Kathleen Kennedy, who's one of the finest producers out there, who, look, she steps aside. Whether you hate Last Jedi or you like The Last Jedi, Kathleen Kennedy let Ryan Johnson do his thing. She did. For better or worse. For better or for worse. She yeah. did the same with J.J. Yeah. So J.J. is coming back. He's going to do that. Remains to be seen what's going to happen. Give us your thoughts, guys. Everybody out there, drop in some comments. Hit us up on Twitter, at Riley Around, at Mark Fernandez. We want to hear your thoughts. But let's wrap this episode up with some love. we got to give some love to Mark Hamill. Yeah. 67? I think he's 70. 70, huh? Oh, the big seven zero. Mark Hamill had a birthday yesterday. Yeah. And he was born in 1951. 67, you're right. 67, right? Yeah. September yeah. So, 25th, 1951. So, so for the record, um, we were supposed to have the whole episode be like a Mark Hamill episode. We yeah. We talk but, about him once. I mean, yeah, we talk about maybe Luke Scott. This is why I love Rula 2. Yeah. Because I realized, well, we walked in, we we're going to talk about Luke. Yeah. Then I saw this rumor today. Then I realized, well, oh, shit, I didn't do a, uh, a cold open. What are we going to talk about? And right. then I threw that out at you. And what happens? We just had another fantastic <laughs> conversation right. about Star Wars. Deep dive. Deep dive. Everything. But we have about 10, 15 minutes here. Yeah. Mark Hamill turned 67 yesterday. Um, he's my – his – Luke Skywalker is yeah. my favorite character of all time in film. Yeah. Uh, I thought let's let's celebrate Luke for yeah. a little bit. What – Fernandez, I'm going to throw it to you first. Yeah. When you hear the word Luke Skywalker, what is the first scene that jumps into your head? Oh, yeah. It's very easy for me. Good. Very easy for me. I love this. Um, it is Return of the Jedi. Okay. And it's Luke with the cloak up walking down into Jabba's palace hmm. and those uh, green things. The Gamorrean guards. The Gamorrean guards yep. walking up to him and him going – Yep. You know, like he's like, using the force joke. He had arrived. He's doing some dark side. Yeah, yeah. Luke Skywalker had arrived in that opening scene. Now, I don't think Luke necessarily is ever that badass again. Hmm. I mean, like, you know, the last fight with, with Vader, he's he's badass, but in that opening hmm. of Skywalker walking in to Jabba's palace with the hood up so badass. set up the aesthetic. Yeah. The aesthetic, right? Let's talk the lexicon, right? Like the language, the visual language that would inform the entire prequel trilogy mm. is all based around that breakthrough of Luke Skywalker walking into Jabba's palace with the hood up. Yeah. Because I believe that you do see Obi-Wan wearing the hood up in A New Hope. Yeah, yeah. He shows up. It doesn't have that same vibe that you get. From what it really means to have the hood up and the and the stoic nature of the Jedi, when I first saw that aesthetic in Return of the Jedi, I was like, "Wow, yeah, like, that's it." It's also that he arrives yeah. as a Jedi Knight. Right, he is finally, and it's like, so we get movie one, Booba Jedi Knight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get farm boy Luke. Yeah. You know, but I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power yeah, converters. Not my favorite. Right? I love him. I love Farmboy. Oh, but it's it's again, 
It's me. It's me. Like, that's me. But it's informed. Right. We're informed by Return of the Jedi, to your point. And this is my point. The bigger picture of let's wait for Episode Nine because I think it will inform Episode Eight and we'll like it a little bit more. To have Luke walk in to Jabba's palace and have that iconography that was then repeated or echoed in the prequels yeah. with Anakin because I know. Hood up, going yeah. to the Jedi Temple. Yeah. To Darth Maul. Like Darth Maul. All of it. Yep. All of it. Uh, to have Luke go from whining about power converters to coming in like a boss in Jabba's palace and winning. Like not right. only did he come in. Sure, we had some moments there that looked a little – he's going to make it. The Rancor. He's going to go Rancor on the – Rancor uh, another one of my favorite scenes. I yeah. love it. But Luke, that is just such a – like it's such a stark contrast to each other to be like winding over power converters to taking out a mob boss. Character growth. Character growth. Yeah. And it's so wonderful to see. So, But for, haven't you – OK. It's just – so first of all, you're absolutely right and I, I, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. Mm. Now, when you look at the character growth of let's say – let's pick a character out of thin air from the new movies. OK. okay? Poe Dameron. Yeah. Do you see any character growth? I see a little. So, but you got to squint. Yeah. <laughs> you got to squint your eyes on I can't, it. I can't disagree with that. Okay. My Probably one of my favorite characters in the new movies, uh, Finn. Yeah. I, I'm not seeing a lot of – and he's the guy that you can imagine. Like he started off as a stormtrooper, okay? But the second he took off his stormtrooper helmet to who he is now, pretty much the same guy. Well, I think that he also – And look, I'm saying that because I think it's a missed opportunity because I think Finn – John Boyega puts his heart and soul into that character. He is so charismatic as that character. You well, know? yeah, he, he is. I see growth with Finn. For sure I do. OK. The growth started with him having a, a, a crisis of conscience, being a stormtrooper, escaping, wanting to get the hell away far as he could, then meets Ray. Yeah. And then all he does is care about Ray, mm. and then that continues on into The Last Jedi where he just wants to find Ray and get the hell out of there. He's going to leave the resistance. But by the end of The Last Jedi, he is a full-on rebel scum. That's his arc. He decided mm. he was going to run, 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 and now he's going to stay and fight. I can see what you're saying. And I like that. It's not, it's, po, not, it's not very articulated, but I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Poe, though, squinting, yeah. His, like, zero arc in Force Awakens. Poe, zero. Zero. I mean, he, he wasn't supposed to live. Yeah. Last Jedi, Brash, goes into battle. We have our chance to beat this Dreadnought, loses a lot. Of, like, Leia teaches him. The ways of to fight another day, you need to right. worry about that. Again, I'm squinting. <laughs> I do see it though. Right, right. It's in the distance. I have a little more trouble with that one. I, I get it. Yeah, but to your point, but I struggle even seeing uh, Ray's character arc. I do. I do t- uh, as well. She had a more clear arc in Force Awakens. Yeah, like I, I think Kylo has the best one so far. Yes, but again, arc. There's no – there's an arc for a reason. It right. Changes. You're saying episode nine is a very important part. It's, I think, it's again, a third of the arc. I think what we're learning here is that everything – There's a lot of pressure on episode nine. a lot of pressure. Which no is pressure, not necessarily J. a good thing. No, it's not. Also, it – Pressure leads to expectations, right? Yeah, and as, as uh, our good friends over at Force Center say, uh, speculate responsibly. Right. Because, you know – when you speculate and you can get out of control, like Snoke was actually Boba Fett and he gave birth to Ray, you know, 
you, you have to kind of keep your expectations in check. Yeah. So you don't want to necessarily walk in there with all of the like it's okay episode nine this is going to make or break the saga and then if it lands under our expectations and yeah, it's ruined everything sucks yeah, like yeah, we got to yeah. make sure that yeah. expectations in check but collider presents the lost jedi i love that the chronicles of the star wars sequels and the drama there too yep that's perfect yeah and we're gonna get mark hamill <laughs> right we'll get mark to to, to narrate to narrate and host Colin, Colin Trevorrow Colin Trevorrow Talking Heads Yeah Michael Arndt We could do this Michael Arndt Couldn't we, we do Michael this Arndt. Get Michael Arndt Yeah let's hear some comments out there guys Guys should we make The documentary Star Wars uh, the, the Lost Jedi Lost Jedi um, An in-depth look At the creation Of um, The Star Wars sequels Why can't we do this I don't know I want to do this Alright well Let me go back to Mark Hamill Yeah happy birthday Mark Happy birthday, Mark. And our namesake. My, yeah, our, our namesake. namesake. Yeah. Um, Even though your name is actually Mark, my name is Mark also, but right. my name is Mark with a C, right? You're, so. you're a C, I'm a K, just like Mark Hamill. But funny enough, I'm connected to Luke in so many ways because I've told you this story. When my parents were naming me um, religious, they were looking at Mark, Luke, John, Paul, sure. the apostles. And I found that they were close, this close to naming me Luke. Oh, nice. And as a Luke Skywalker fan, I went running all yeah. over the neighborhood saying, my name is Luke. From now on, it's not Mark. It's Luke. Right. And everybody's like, okay, Luke. Uh, anyways, you know the scene I think about all the time when I think of Luke Skywalker? Talk to me. Is when he's hanging in the Wampa Cave oh, and yeah. he has to get yeah, the yeah, lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Second one. So you're so right. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's just that moment for Luke where he's like – it's shit or get off the pot, yeah, buddy. Yeah. When you, I think about the Force, yeah. that's the number one scene I think about. I, yes. And he has to – and it's the very first time that we see the Force in motion because we yeah. didn't know you can actually pull it. It was always spiritual with Obi-Wan. Yeah. Again, look, to to uh, to give another you know drop of defense to, to Ryan Johnson, mm. Star Wars was you know iterating the boundaries of what the Force can do yes. to that point. That was the first time that you can, you know, that you saw telekinesis as part of a, a force ability. Yeah. It's so good. Um, what are some of the other like best of Luke's? What What do you think? Let's. What about his best acting moment? Like like his moment of of, of best Easy. acting. Easy. I am your father. Yeah. No, that's not true. That's impossible. No, no, no. Yeah. He is phenomenal in that moment. He like I. I can still go back and watch Empire, and it hits me, and you can see it in him. Yeah, you can see that performance, and I mean, talk about one of the all-time great things that Luke Skywalker as a character does. He's rather gonna he'd rather jump off into the abyss and what he thinks die, you know, than join his father to take over the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna let himself go. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the force has good, a will. Good kid, and it puts him into the the shoot. Yeah, <clears throat> he calls Leia. The rest is history. It, it, it's a phenomenal moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the greatest moments in, in film. I um, I'm trying to think of. <clears throat> I like. It's a it's a scene that I've seen a bunch of times recently, only because, I guess, of that really funny video that the. Um, uh, that the ad lib people make, you know, like the, um, doot doot, you know, like the little Yoda uh, sing like sing along video. Oh, bad lip, 
Yeah, bad, bad, bad lip reading. Bad lip reading. Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when we were doing the Golden Lightsabers, I, uh, for some reason, honed in on that scene a lot because I had seen that scene with, like, the Yoda, you know, singing to him, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's hysterical. But that scene is actually really interesting because it's got one of my favorite techniques in storytelling, which is dramatic irony. And we've talked about dramatic irony on the show before, mm-hmm. where the audience knows something that the, that one of – at least one of the characters on screen doesn't know. Right. right. Um, and being able to carry that in storytelling and having that suspension of disbelief that they really don't know um, is a it's a beautiful emergent part of the art form, right? Yeah. And I do love uh, that scene, and I think to his credit, playing it with a puppet. Mm. Okay, Luke does an incredible job of feeling claustrophobic, bigger than he, like like too big and clumsy for his environment when he's yeah, in Yoda's he hits his thing. When yeah. he's in Yoda's thing, getting frustrated, mm-hmm. right? Do you want the impossible? Yeah, like you know, getting getting frustrated with with Yoda, like when are you going to introduce me to Master Yoda? Like I yeah. need to learn this shit, like when and getting frustrated and frustrated and becoming increasingly more frustrated. And then it's Yoda teaching him too. Yeah, I love it. And then Yoda just like changing on a dime. It's so great. From like the funny little weird Yoda to like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, he just you can see the body language too. Yeah, and the puppet he goes, oh, I can't teach him. The yeah. boy has no patience. He will learn patience. Uh, yeah. Yoda. Yeah, that 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 scene to me was a great job because it's so good. Luke is by himself. I mean, this, and this is before the days of blue screen and stuff like this. Like Mark Hamill's by himself. Yeah, having to basically <clears throat> do the negative. You know what we call the negative acting, or which is like the opposite acting of somebody else's performance, right? right. To get the to get the simulated reaction that the other actor is trying to induce in you. And he does such a good job with the puppet. Oh, God, and yes. With the, and with the VO of Obi-Wan. And mm-hmm. then I um, I believe – do you see Obi-Wan as a, as, a, as a force ghost in that scene? No. No, you just hear his voice. He, he shows voice. up yeah, yeah. He shows up later when Luke's leaving. Right, on, on like the famous thing on the yeah. on the lawn. Patience, you know. Uh, you leave now – you know, I, what does he say? Obi Wan says, uh, the "If you leave now, uh, yeah, uh, I cannot help you. I cannot interfere." Essentially, right? Um, it's a great scene. Yeah, but anyway, look, Mark Hamill, um, great, great job, great acting scenes. I never, even as a child, I like. It was like the first time that I understood the concept of typecast or or, or being too good at right. something, because. Man, even right now, besides his work on the Joker, uh, which is the animated series, and yeah. a few other VO things, I can't even think of something else that has Mark Hamill in it. Yeah, I think he was in a like a movie called Corvette Summer. Yeah, yeah, he did, and you know it's and funny. He's a very talented you, actor too. You, you Google Mark Hamill, and uh, the the Wikipedia that pops up is this Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia. You know what it says? It says Mark Hamill, and underneath it says American voice actor. Right. Which he is. He's a great one. But he's an actor because as much as I love him and the Joker, his performance in Empire is untouchable in my opinion. I think he's fantastic in The Last Jedi. I loved him. In the last, I loved everything about him. I mean, I love seeing him. I didn't love his character, but we already know that. Yeah. and that, I mean, I... He was great I, in A New Hope. He was great in Return of the Jedi. 
and again, to the, the part more of the celebration of Mark Hamill and, and Luke Skywalker, the character of Luke Skywalker, another great moment. I'm going to StarWars.com, and they're, they're listing all the, the great moments of Luke Skywalker, him throwing the, the lightsaber away and refusing to kill his father yeah. and fight the Emperor. I'm, yeah, I'm a Jedi Knight like my father before yep. me. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, the, the, <laughs> they highlight those two moments only. The no, 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 and jumping off into the abyss and throwing away the lightsaber. I mean, I mean, walking into Jabba's palace for me was big. That's huge for me too. Him, I, I him love and, that. Him, 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 and Yoda's. You know. Um, you know what I do? To me, that was awesome too. You know what I do sometimes when I need to be pumped up? I put on the music from Return of the Jedi when Luke is pushed out on the sail barge to the plank into the yeah. Sarlacc pit. Yeah, and he goes bump, bump. Oh yeah, yeah, bump. Da-da. The trailer music for Attack of the Clones, too. Yes, that's correct. And R2 shoots the lightsaber out. He freaking flips, yeah. grabs the lightsaber, right. and it's on. Yeah, yeah. I love that moment. Yeah, that yeah. is a classic you know, Luke Skywalker moment. You know which other Luke Skywalker moment? Because uh, I'm trying to think through that, that uh, it just hit that, you know. Are the peaks that I remember when I think about Luke? Um, I love that scene in Return of the Jedi again, where um, you know the the gang is captured by the Ewoks, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody you know this. everybody is um, you know everybody's like tied up and and whatever, and you know and, and they think you know the uh, Ewoks think that C three PO is some kind of deity. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where the camera goes to Luke, and Luke uses the force to just closes his eyes to elevate him. Yeah, and like just that performance of like closing your eyes and you believing, like, yo, this guy really can use his mental powers to 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 like you know lift up R two or or C three PO and fling him across and like gently push him across the air. And save his friends, like, and it was all by just closing his eyes, and yeah. like you felt like, like, look, the direction must have been great, the music must have been great, the music but, is but great. Mark Hamill's performance was great, yes. you know, and he doesn't even say a word, but it was very, very, very well done. Three PO, tell them if you don't release you, you'll get angry and use your magic. But sir, what magic? Just tell them. Right, right. I, look, it, 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 to your point, when you yeah. when you were talking about that, that's another moment, a Luke Skywalker moment. I would probably jump onto as well. The music is gorgeous and it's sad. Yeah, it's this the theme, the the force theme. Yeah, no, no, and it's but it's something tragic about it. It's something so sad. I picked it up as a kid. Yeah, where there was something haunting about that, the arrangement of that music. Yeah. It's so spiritual because it's it's showing that there is magic out there. It's showing that you know if you don't release us, you'll get angry and use your magic. And he shows that you know the the furry creatures that are you know primal and yeah. whatever. But it's a moment that is so classic for Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I, I also it. I also now you know now that I'm thinking about trying to find my favorites, I I also really enjoy the moment where um, he first meets Han Solo. And yeah. Han Solo tells him, who's going to fly it? You, you? You? You bet I could. I'm not such a bad pilot. Yeah. You have to put up with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but like, he's so Luke Skywalker too. Yeah. He's so like ready to jump and just like we don't need him. Right. You know, impulsive. 
jumps into action with that. He's going to go rescue his friends later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, there's so many moments with Luke Skywalker. I love – I love even though it was a bad call, Luke. Empire is still my favorite. The fact that he cares more about his friends and he's going to risk his own life and go when he's not yet there. Mm. But Luke going head first, both feet in to go save Luke and Leia, or uh, Han and Leia, and has to fight Vader, and he he hangs in there. Yeah, he does hang in there. Have Have you ever? Um, and maybe this is another episode of Rule of Two. But have you ever read Heir to the Empire? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, read I, them all. Um, I love Luke in Heir to the Empire. Also, yeah, like the continuation of the Last Jedi Luke into the Heir to the Empire Luke. And I know that this isn't a Mark Hamill thing anymore, but um, I do like at times there's these moments in uh, in Heir to the Empire where Luke is all by himself mm-hmm. and like deep, deep, deep in thought and has regrets. And he hasn't really been able to get the Jedi Order thing off the ground yet. Yeah. He has no teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is like one of the things about Heir to the Empire that I thought was really interesting. It's not like, hey, I'm I'm a master. He's – he is thinking to himself, I need to learn more. And that's why he's so seduced by the by the notion of Master Saboeth, you mm-hmm. know, which was like, you know, that old, you know, yeah. crazy dude. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Mark uh, Hamill, man. Happy birthday, bud. Happy birthday to Mark Hamill. Uh, he liked my tweet once. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. I framed it. Did I you didn't really? frame it. No, I pinned it for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Uh, I loved it so much. Uh, yeah. And uh, happy never, birthday! You know, I've never met him. You guys have met him, right? I have never. I have never. I met him. No, I have never met him personally. Yeah, I've never like shaken his hand or anything like yeah. that. But um, I got close at the solo premiere. I saw him at the solo premiere. Yeah, he was at the solo premiere, and I was hanging out with Nathan oh, and man, Darina. Can, I, can can I tell a story from the solo premiere? Sure. All right, maybe, maybe we can end the episode on we'll this. We'll end the episode here. So this is actually Darina's story. Yeah. I was not present for it, uh, and I, I might butcher it, but it's such a cool story, um, and Darina told us this at, at the premiere. So uh, Darina happened to be in the elevator mm-hmm. with Mark Hamill. Um, as they were going up to, you know, the after party, mm-hmm. you know, like the reception, and um, in the elevator was uh, Ewan McGregor. Oh, so, nice! So Ewan McGregor was in the elevator with Darina uh, and Mark Hamill, um, and I'm not sure who else was in the elevator, but for sure, those, probably Nathan. Probably Nathan. Yeah, because so, Doreen, uh, Doreen, uh, Darina, and Nathan are, are very close. Yeah, yeah. So, so all those folks were in the elevator, and uh, the way that Darina tells it, I mean, Darina. Tells us so much better than I do, but yeah. she, she says that in the elevator, uh, you and McGregor, um, you know, you know how in the elevator you get those awkward moments. Yeah, you and McGregor goes to Mark Hamill and says, "Hey, man, like, I'm a big fan, and I know that, you know my my uncle uh, worked with you on Star Wars, right?" And, Dennis you know, Lawson, Wedge, yeah, Wedge Antilles, you know, and he always gives you know his best to you, and and, and always always wishes you well. Yeah, and uh, and and Mark Hamill looks at him and says, "Oh man, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much. That's very kind of you." Uh-huh. Um, and then, like, I, I this is where I'm probably going to mess up the story. So there was a moment of pause there. Long story short, 
um, Mark Hamill didn't realize that that was Ewan McGregor. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? That's hysterical. <laughs> so I think at some point either Dorena or Nathan or somebody says, yeah, Mark, this is uh, Ewan McGregor. He plays Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and like Mark Hamill was like, oh my god, and like you know. And so anyway, it's one of these great stories that I could totally see. Yeah, because you know, you know, you're in an elevator, you're friggin' Mark Hamill, right? Like yeah, you're, one, you're you're an icon, you know. Yeah. Like like your face, the lines of your face are known by as many people as know the lines of the face of. And I this is gonna sound like on some John Lennon weird shit, but on like Jesus level, right? <laughs> Like, look, yes. Luke Skywalker's face is one of the most recognizable faces in the world. Yeah. Let's just it be is. real. Let's, the face of Buddha, the face of Jesus, the face of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I, you know, it was for, I mean, it's like you, put, you type in Mark Hamill, which I did, and I mean, I'm looking at thousands of images of, of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, and look, it's it's incredible. And if you guys don't follow Mark Hamill on social, you're missing out because he, he's, he's the best. He's a, an absolute jokester. Yep. Very socially conscious, yep. you know, like always, always has a, a sharp wit about him. I mean, Mark Hamill's a special dude. I am hoping that one day I get to meet him. I, I, I have a feeling we'll meet him sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, because he is, you know, we know people. Yeah. And you know, we, we should get uh, we should get Darina on the show one of these days. Is she, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get I can reach out to Darina. Yeah. That'd cool. be fun. Well, that's going to do it for Rule of Two, Episode yeah. 9. Hope you this guys been, enjoyed it. We, yeah. you know, we didn't have a lot of structure. We haven't had structure since the video game episode. I, I don't think so. You know why? It's because people love it. People, right. I think people <laughs> like our deep dives, our conversation, because it is conversational. It's it's something that we like to talk Star Wars. And, and if, yeah. if you took away these microphones, this would be just us hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Fair I think enough. people like. Uh, and I appreciate that. Everybody out there, thank you for tuning in for Episode 9 of Rule yeah, 2. Sorry for being late. Sorry for uh, the lateness, but uh, that, you know, sometimes we got to run a studio here and have some people in for some interviews. But go ahead. Like and share this podcast. You could do some comments on the actual iTunes Podcast One feed. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Riley Around, at Mark Fernandez. If you're on the Collider Podcast YouTube channel, drop in some comments there. I jump in there every once in a while. And I check them out. And why don't you go ahead and if you like this episode, give it a four star. If you love that episode, give it a five star. We'd love to see that on iTunes. Podcast one. It's rule of two under Jedi Council. It drops every Wednesday. We will see you next week for episode 10. Ten episodes, Mark Fernandez. Well, we'll be next week on Wednesday, hopefully back to our scheduled time. We'll see. But we will be back. And for Mark Fernandez, for Mark Riley, may the force be with you. Rise. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power.
I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC Let's Go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement, and, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify.